1: Welcome, beautiful spirits. Have you ever felt totally beside yourself because you didn't know if you were coming or going? Sometimes so many people and things seem to clamor for our time. How do you keep a handle on it? And how do you stay calm amid the craziness? These days it seems that while there are more and more inventions to make our lives easier, our life actually is way more complicated than it used to be. With our commitments and all the things we want to do with our life, Let's look at different ways to deal with this today, from organizing your day or week to finding peace even while running around getting those things done. And maybe even letting some of those things go that you think you have to do. Today we'll cover quite a few things. How your calendar looks. Who is demanding your time. How do you feel amidst the chaos? Organizing and prioritizing your tasks. Options on keeping a calendar that works for you. The pros and cons of to-do lists? What are you giving up if you're so busy? And learning to say no. Hmm. An episode all by itself. And of course, at the end, we'll wrap it up. Let's start with how does your calendar look? Meaning just how busy are you? Do you have lots of errands and things you have to run around doing? Maybe you have promises you need to keep to people of things you said you'd do. Do you have a lot of things to get done at home? Does your job have things that takes you out and about, or just a lot of things to do while you're working? What commitments have you made that you need to be sure to do? I mean, just how busy are you, and how much of it is actually on your calendar as things to do or reminders for you? And who and what is demanding your time? Do you have a boss that demands a lot, or a job that requires many things you need to do, projects to complete? How much of your time both while you're at work and after hours do you feel your job demands in order to do a good enough job to satisfy both you and your boss? What about your children, if you have any? Are you part of the carpool to take your children to school, sports, dance classes, or any other outside activities? Or maybe you volunteered at the school for field trips or something else that takes time. Does your spouse need some of your time to do something for them? And what about just your day-to-day activities, like... Cleaning the house, cooking, cleaning, doing the laundry, picking up, or or any of those things that really need to be done by someone, whether you live alone or you have a family. Have you promised to help a relative or spend time with a sick friend? Who else do you give your time to? I'm not judging you, and you shouldn't judge yourself no matter what you come up with. Just look at what your life and your schedule look like and know just what's taking all of your time to start it out here. And then I want to ask you, How do you feel amidst the chaos of your overscheduled life? Do you feel frantic? Exhausted? Ignored? Maybe under pressure? Do you feel people just expect you to do certain things that maybe you just don't want to do? So maybe you feel underappreciated. Or maybe like me, you're just afraid you'll forget something important, like missing an appointment or not doing something that has a deadline at work or with your family. Forget birthdays or anniversaries or or maybe something else that you may not remember until someone else brings it up, and then you feel awful because you forgot something important. How do you feel when you think of your schedule, or when you're running around trying to get things done? i bet the word peaceful and the word calm are not two of the emotions you're feeling most of the time. And joy, not even on the radar, probably. There are many ways to organize and prioritize your tasks, But let me go over a few to remind you of different ways that you can do this. Maybe this will help some of those emotions that you may not like that you have when you're feeling overscheduled. First, just stop everything and just breathe. Don't let the huge amount of things you have to do get you down. Start listing everything out that you have to do. Start with all the big things you can think of and then all the smaller things that come from those. You'd be surprised how many times you think you have three things to do in a day, and all of a sudden, 20 more things end up in your mind. Oh, I should blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Sometimes it's because you need to buy or acquire something before you can get to what's on your list. Oh, for example, if you want to put together a piece of furniture and you don't have all the tools at home, you'll need to go out and buy a screwdriver or a plier in order to put together that piece of furniture. One thing might lead to another on your list when you make one. And it's great to get everything down in an Excel spreadsheet, just so you can see it in front of you. And it's really easy that way to move a row up or down when you prioritize something. And it doesn't mean that you have to do this all the time, but at least the first time when you're feeling overwhelmed, do it. And sometimes I won't do that for ages, and then I'll go back and I'll do it again because I'm feeling overwhelmed and I need to make sure I'm not missing anything. So look at all the items with deadlines and write the deadlines down next to the tasks. Maybe every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday you take your daughter to ballet class and your son has sports practice maybe on different days and he needs to be picked up Wednesday and Thursday. Or maybe you have work deadlines or bills that need to be paid by a certain date. Once you have everything down you can possibly think of, how do you feel? Do you feel overwhelmed? Look at each item. Can you easily delegate the task to someone else. Parents used to have specific chores they delegated to their children, and that was the only way we got our allowance. I don't know if parents still give allowances, but that was both a great way to know what earning money was about, and it was a great way for parents not to have to do all the work at home, which actually, that didn't occur to me until I was thinking about this episode, that that was something that was good for them as well. If you hate doing something on your list, Can you swap with your spouse to an item he or she doesn't like that they usually do? Maybe something you always have to remind them about, because those are usually things that they don't care for. Look at the items on your list that you made and see if you can delegate some of them. And you can also hire someone to do some of the tasks if you have the funds to do that. If you hate to garden or clean house, there are wonderful people that can do some of those things for you, well, for a price, of course. Cleaning house is not my favorite, and I have someone who very thankfully comes just once a month to clean up after me since I live alone right now. I feel like I've given myself a huge gift with that choice. And I try not to feel guilty I'm not doing it myself, and I pretty much overcome that. (laughs) What's on your list that you might be able to hire someone else to do it for you? And maybe giving your children an allowance and money for doing things kind of fits in with that. I do remember that I have a friend who has children who would give them a list of all the different kinds of jobs that they could do, and there would be a dollar amount connected to the job so that the child could choose which job they wanted to do. And they even started fighting over which jobs because they wanted the ones that cost more money because they were more work, but they wanted the money. And that was kind of fun to see that. They got competitive from the beginning. That was the way that they learned to earn money. And it works really well for them and for her. Do you see anything you really don't have to get done that you could take off your list? Many times we have things in the back of our mind we feel we should do. But the task, like cleaning out the garage, and now I know that one is one of your items probably or something similar, we feel we should do them, right? But they might have been on our list for months or even years and we still haven't done them. My recommendation is to either make those a priority and actually get them done sooner rather than later, or let them go without guilt and just take them off your list. Keep rearranging your spreadsheet. You'll find you have tasks that are repeating that need to go on your calendar once a week, once a month, or on a specific day at a specific time, like I kind of mentioned earlier. What items are reminders rather than appointments? Think about that. At that point, you can break up all your tasks and reminders into today, tomorrow, specific days, weekly, or even monthly. That's when you decide what kind of calendar system will work best for you. And we'll get to that next. If you feel like you're in control of all the things that you have to do, you'll feel so much calmer and peaceful about what's out there. If you organize your calendar and your tasks and reminders, you'll also have less fear that something important might slip through the cracks. Let me get into what kind of calendar would work best for you. Every single person is different. You might want to use your calendar on your phone, which more and more people are doing. If you haven't gotten into that yet, it's great that you have it with you pretty much all the time, and you can check on it without having to worry that, oh, I left my calendar at home. You can put on reminders, tasks, and appointments, but if you use reminders, they pretty much follow you until you tell them that you've done with something. You can set repeating items weekly, monthly, or however often you like. Some people are more old school. They need to see the calendar in front of them, and they write everything down on a wall or a weekly calendar. This works really well if you have a lot of doctor or other appointments you're afraid you'll miss, and you're used to looking at something hanging in front of you if you have an office at home. You can also do a combination of any of the things I'm talking about, because perhaps you have everything on your phone calendar, but you always look at the wall calendar when you're sitting down and you need specific appointments on that. You can also use the notes section of your phone, which I learned not all that long ago. I have a to-do list on it, but I also have a separate grocery list and other separate lists that I need for other things. Just realize that you don't want 40 notes on your phone if you can help it, because it's really easy to overlook something if you have too many. I delete each set of notes as I complete whatever's on it, or else they just go stale. It helps things keep organized and a little easier to read if you do that as you go along. I've used post-it notes for important items I want to remember and put them on my mirror in the morning so I see it when I get up, on my phone, or in the car on my steering wheel. And when I say I put it on my phone, I mean I put the post-it note attached to my phone. So if the next time I pick up my phone, I go, oh, that's what I was supposed to do. That's usually at night when I put it on the phone instead of the mirror because I will definitely see it on my phone because I'll go, why? I have to turn off my alarm. I have to move the sticky note to do it. I put it in different places depending on where I am when I think of the task or where I'll be when I think I'll forget it and I need to do it, like stopping on the way home to pick something up. I'll put it then on the steering wheel or in part of the car that I see when I start it up. I used for years straight out to-do list always one for the day and one for the week, which were either on a smallish notepad or on an index card and placed in the same place every day so I'd see it. I only use these particular type of to-do lists at home as I had a different system at the office. And as a thought, you might prefer, like I said, two different types of calendars, one for your work and one for your home or one for certain types of things that you need to remind yourself versus actual appointments So like if you have an appointment to take someone somewhere to meet someone for lunch or anything like that, that might be on your phone, but maybe all the list for home and the, oh, I I don't have a specific time for these, but I have to go grocery shopping. I have to stop at the cleaners. I have to do all these different things. Go to Walmart for something specific. So write down what it is specific. Then that might be a good way to do it for you. And work might be paper or on a calendar program. And your personal life might be on your phone or on your wall, or maybe both. Just think about all the different ways to do it, and maybe you have another idea, and what would work best for you. And if you try something and you don't see the list, and you don't see what your to-dos are, then you have it in the wrong place, or else you just have to retrain yourself to look. As to the pros and cons of to-do lists, since I've been talking about them, I find that the pros are that they keep you organized. You know exactly what you need to do, when, if you organize a list and it works for you. A list gives you a sense of calm and being in control, whether you truly are or not. (laughs) I say this because a to-do list not only works for me, but for my clients. We just have to figure out the best way for it to work for each individual person. Another pro is that you don't lose track of important items. And there are other good things about a to-do list, but those are just a few. The cons, actually, there aren't too many, but they might be that some people just find them too rigid. They don't like feeling guilty when they don't do something on the list. Sometimes it takes some time to get them so they're useful. Like I said, you might have to try a few different ways of writing them out before they become indispensable. I know some people that lose them or misplace them constantly, and those are generally the people that don't appreciate the value of the to-do list or they really would rather sit around and not do the stuff on the to-do list so they don't even want to write them down. The traditional to-do lists are not for everyone. If you can find a better way that works for you to keep on top of everything you feel you have to do, that's absolutely great. You have to know yourself and how things work for your brain. One thing, if you don't get something done on your list, please don't feel guilty. If it has a deadline, at least you know you missed it so you can try to do something about it. And if it didn't have a deadline, Just put it back on your list to do another day. But make sure you take time for you as well. Schedule you in if you need to. Time for you. Time for all the things you'd like to do. Or at least a few things you'd like to do if your life seems super busy. I want to go over what you might be giving up if your schedule is too busy. Because there are things you might wish you could be doing, but your schedule is just too busy. What are they? What have you let go? Are they things for you? Maybe that bubble bath or that walk in the park? Have you let go of meditating because you simply don't have the time or maybe you've given up working out? Maybe you've even given up a vacation or a weekend getaway because other things keep just getting in the way. Ask yourself what's important to you that you aren't doing because you're overscheduled, and how can you shift that and lastly, how can you learn to say no? I know this one can be a really long episode just all by itself, but if you want to learn to say no to someone or something, sometimes the things they ask you to do are just too much. While this could be something to work out with a therapist if it's deep-seated, before you go to a therapist, try to figure out why you don't say no. If someone asks you to do something you really don't want to do, why don't you say yes? Are you a people pleaser? Do you want to be indispensable? Maybe you don't want to disappoint people. Or do you think it's the only way people will like or love you? Do you like the attention you get when you volunteer for something? Again, no judgment. Just know yourself. The best way to learn to say no is just to say it. But first ask yourself these questions. Do I want to do this? Do I have the time to do this? Will I have to give up something else to do this? How important is this in the grand scheme of things? Again, do I want to do this is the most important. The answer is no, absolutely 100% no. It doesn't even matter if you have the time to do it or not. If you know you don't want to do something and you want to say no, have your excuses and reasons lined up in advance, or at least your answers and your response. Here are some examples of what you can say. I'm so sorry. I won't be able to do whatever. And you don't have to say why or give an excuse. But if you feel better giving an actual excuse, you can always ask what the item is and say you have another appointment at that time. Or you can make up an excuse that isn't true if you feel you need to. Like you have to be home for a repairman or something like that. Just know that you don't actually have to give an excuse or reason as to why you can't do something. Just say you can't. Oh, I'm so sorry. And, you know, you can also deflect the question and ask them if they tried a different person. If you're the go-to person for carpools or doing something specific, and you always say yes, people have to get used to not coming to you first or expecting you to do whatever they're asking. Practice saying no Can feel really uncomfortable, but you can get used to it after a while. It just takes practice. And if there are some really deep seated reasons why you don't want to say no and you can't figure out what it is, or you know what it is and you just know you can't get through it on your own, then a therapist or a life coach are really great extra help that you can have for yourself. Today, we've covered a lot of ground about being overscheduled and crazed and how to find more peace and calm when you get that way. We've looked at how your calendar looks, who is demanding your time, how you feel amidst the chaos, organizing and prioritizing your tasks, which is probably one of the most important things to do, options on keeping a calendar that might work best for you, the pros and cons of to-do lists, what you're giving up if you're so busy that you really want to do, and learning to say no. We can get caught up in our overscheduled life and constantly be running around or doing things that feel overwhelming and might make us feel exhausted. We don't have to let that happen. We should be able to organize our life well enough so we can find some peace and maybe even have some time left over for doing things that make us feel good, like that bubble bath I mentioned, or getting a massage. You can organize, prioritize, delegate, hire someone, or just let tasks go if they don't really need to be done. Or you can do them next year if it's something like cleaning out a closet just be kind to yourself. Don't judge yourself. The next time your calendar makes you feel crazed, overwhelmed, or or even lost, take a breath and see what you can do to get you into a better, more peaceful place. Thank you for joining me here today. If you'd like to know more about intuitive, spiritual, or life or business coaching with me, or Marconic's Multidimensional Energy, please check out my website, at www.connecttojoy.com. That's connect, the number two, joy.com. And follow me on Instagram at the same, connect to joy. Until next week, be courageous and reach higher. Just take a breath and take a moment when you need it. Take one step at a time on your journey, get the help you need and get out there and find your joy because you deserve it.
0: Thank you for listening to Connect to Joy. If you love the show, make sure you rate, review, and share this podcast. And subscribe so you never miss an episode. Contact the host, Carol DeShane, with questions and comments, ideas for future episodes, or if you would like to become a guest. And remember, transformation is a journey and not an end destination. So be kind to yourself, because you are already enough to have the joyful, limitless life that you desire.